invite you uh, to listen for the word of God as I read John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. With the music we've had today and that we love to have on Easter, it doesn't even seem necessary to preach, but you're going to get a sermon anyway. So let us pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Way back in time on my 16th birthday. It seemed like the celebration was going to be pretty low key that year. I was going out to a matinee movie with my best friend Anne and then coming back for cake and a special dinner at home. On the way back from the movie, 
and kept finding excuses to take detours, saying she wanted to see more around the James River that was close to our house. When we finally got to Shore Drive, I saw lots of cars around my neighbor's house and figured they were having some kind of party. Only when I opened the door to my house, all my friends jumped up to yell surprise. I'm usually really good at reading people, and I usually can figure out when something's up. But this time, I had absolutely no idea. Every picture we have of me from that party has my cheeks red and my mouth open. They really got me. Have you ever had a real surprise? Maybe it was a job offer you hadn't even anticipated or a baby you didn't expect. Perhaps it was falling in love that took you by surprise. When it comes to faith, some folks don't seem to expect or even want surprises. They simply accept whatever they heard in Sunday school or their parents or, oh no, their pastor, and they don't want to be challenged to look at things in a different way. God has been neatly tucked in a box of doctrines or a certain set of ideas, and there is no room for surprise. The first Easter certainly takes Mary by surprise. We meet her as she walks to the tomb in the gray mist before dawn, moving slowly as though each step takes great effort. It has been such a whirl of darkness and pain following behind Jesus as he was taken off for a trial, beaten, made to carry his cross, and then cruelly tortured. Her heart had almost stopped when she saw the nails piercing his flesh and she watched the life slowly ebb out of him. When others fled, she had stayed. And it had to feel like the wind had been knocked out of her, hard to breathe, hard to function. When others fled, she had stayed and it had to feel like, like something that was from another world. She had listened to his teachings. She had watched him embrace children that others pushed away. His compassion for the poor and the oppressed, the love he expressed, the way God shone through him was like nothing she had ever seen. Jesus helped her understand the meaning of God's love in a way she never experienced it before. But where is God now? Now it seems like a cruel joke. It breaks her. Mary's grief is overwhelming as she makes her way to the tomb, only to find that the stone has been rolled away. But she's still living in a Good Friday world. She's seeing through the lens of darkness and pain. She assumes the worst, that somebody has stolen Jesus' body out of the tomb. In her state of mind, she doesn't recognize angels as angels. She doesn't recognize Jesus as Jesus. It's as though her inner vision, like her eyes, has grown so accustomed to the dark that she can't see what's in front of her. Why are you weeping, Jesus asks, and he hears the heartbreak in her answer. 
He speaks her name and it pierces through her grief. There's a difference you may have noticed in the way some people say your name and the way people who really love you say it. There's something in the tone that is tender and loving. Jesus simply says, Mary. And she gasps, Rabbi, teacher, it's you. Surprise, astonishment, joy. Her shattered world is suddenly healed. Everything she has thought about life and death is forever changed. The worst that humans can do is powerless in the face of God's love. Jesus is alive. Throwing her arms around him in her exuberance, Mary is surprised when Jesus stops her saying, don't hold on to me. Jesus needs Mary to understand that she can't hold on to the man she remembers because everything is new. Everything is breaking the bounds of her expectations. Through the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit, Jesus will mean more to people. Jesus will touch more people all through the world for centuries to come. If he stays close to her and his little band of disciples the way she wants, very few people will ever know of him. Mary can't and we can't make Jesus into who we want or expect Jesus to be. As Craig Barnes explains, what matters is not that we be confident in our hold on Jesus, but confident in his hold on us. If we are paying attention, if we were open to it, Jesus will keep surprising us. For Christ is alive, making all things new again and again, bringing hope to the hopeless and possibilities where none seem to exist. Through the Spirit, we continue to be closer to Jesus than his first disciples who followed Jesus around Galilee. Because God's spirit is with us and within us, God's life is forever intertwined with our own. Letting go of our tight grip on who Jesus is to us means having faith. Having trust when we don't know the twists and the turns in the road ahead, even when it seems most dark or foreboding. Being a follower of Christ doesn't mean pretending that evil doesn't exist in the world. If the Christian faith was just an escape mechanism, we would skim over the brutal reality of the cross. There is pain in our world. A war in Ukraine that continues to kill innocents, children who have lost their lives in mass shootings, politics that can make people particularly ugly to each other. As your pastor, I know for a fact that more than a few of you in this sanctuary have faced or are facing right now your own Good Friday experiences. And it is God's love for you that has given you the strength to face it. God has opened your eyes to see light in the darkness and you have held on to the knowledge that God calls your name as tenderly as Mary's name. Easter has dawned and our risen Lord is still at work in the world. To me, the most meaningful moment of our Monday Thursday service is when this entire sanctuary is completely dark, save for one candle, the Christ candle. 
in this large space, that one flickering candle seems more intense against the darkness. It's a reminder that God's love continues to shine no matter what. The power of Christ's love is stronger than the power of evil, stronger than even the power of death. In the darkness of the tomb before dawn, Mary, before Mary ever even arrives there, in the darkness is where resurrection happened. One of the reasons we celebrate Easter and spring is that the blooming flowers after the cold winter remind us of the new life under the cold ground before we even perceive it. The crocus will eventually peek through the snow. The daffodils and tulips aren't far behind. I don't know about you, but for me, even though I know it will happen, it is a delightful surprise when those first flowers bloom every year and sparks a little more hope in me about other things too. I may have told some of you this before, but one of the more meaningful times in my life was when I was able to be a part of reuniting some Bosnian refugees who had fled to the U.S. with the rest of their family back in Bosnia. Each part of that big family thought the others were dead. When someone from the Office of Refugee Resettlement found out that I was going to be part of a Presbyterian Church USA team going over there, they contacted me, and I met the part of the family that was settled in Rochester, New York. Before the war, their whole extended clan had lived, had lived in homes around a courtyard, a kind of compound where most families lived that way. I'm sorry. Um, but when fighting broke out in the area, they got separated from each other. They didn't think anyone else in the whole village had survived, but didn't know for sure. The matriarch of the family back in Rochester gave me pictures and letters to take in case I found anyone. Although I told them that I and the rest of the team would try our best, I really had very little hope that we would be able to find the compound, much less a surviving family. When we were in the country one day, four of us took off in a rickety van covered with dents from shrapnel, trying to follow directions to landmarks, many of which had already been blown up. Well, we tried to avoid landmines by staying on the paved road. As we got closer to our destination, there were only dirt roads and a questionable bridge to try to get over. We were about to give up when we saw this tiny little painted sign with the family's name nailed to a tree for all to see. We were excited but anxious, assuming we might not find anybody there, possibly not even any homes standing, but we were wrong. We were first met by a cautious young woman wanting to know why this ragtag group of Americans were there, and then one by one others appeared until there were eight people around us. It was amazing to see their faces transformed from haggard and weary to filled with light and hope when we explained why we were there. They told us that the patriarch of the family had been killed and later found in a mass grave, but everyone else had survived. While cell phones did exist then, they were not to the point of being found in the hands of the average person in every single country in the world, much less a war zone. On top of that, the family in Bosnia didn't think their loved ones had survived and never dreamed they had made it out of the country or to America. 
Can you imagine the joy when we surprised them with the amazing news and showed them pictures and letters that we brought with us? Where they had expected only death, there was life. Some of them started spontaneously dancing with each other while others couldn't stop staring at the pictures. After hugging each other, they began to hug us, which isn't often done to strangers in that community, and they brought out the meager food they had for a feast. We stayed while they wrote letters and gathered pictures for us to take to their relatives. When we said our goodbyes, one of them said that we were their forever friends. The elderly mother corrected them, proclaiming that we were part of their family. Although their loved ones back in the U.S. grieved over the patriarch who was killed, they were also amazed and overjoyed to know that the rest of their family was alive. Within two years, they were all back in the family compound in Bosnia. The only way I can describe that whole experience is resurrection. The renewal of hope, the joy of overwhelming love, gratitude to God that they all felt for what seemed to them an unexpected and unimaginable gift. Now, our Good Friday moments don't always come to such a happy ending. There are times in our life when things are overwhelmingly hard or, tra or tragic, and in those times it's tempting to dismiss the hope of our faith as unrealistic. Mary Magdalene knows better. The gift of Easter is that the love of God can overcome and transform even the worst darkness we can imagine, even death itself. It is not something that just happened a long time ago, but a reality now. Jesus calls your name tenderly, lovingly. He invites you to let go of your tightly held beliefs about faith, and open your heart and your mind and your soul to the impossible possibilities, the surprises of God that will take your breath away if you are paying attention. Resurrection not only overcomes death, it can overcome the ways we have not truly lived. When anger, an unforgiving spirit, bitter hearts have kept us and others from experiencing the fullness of joy that God intends for every one of us. When holding on to our Good Fridays with eyes that are closed to the light, sometimes rendered us incapable of gratitude for God's blessing. Not everyone has eyes to see it, but it's not a Good Friday world. It's an Easter world where Christ is risen, where hope abounds, where God's love can still surprise you. Let's roll up our sleeves and stir up the world around us with surprising compassion and forgiveness and love where it is least expected. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen.